I mean, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you! Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. Greetings and welcome to episode number 34 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. And my name is Chris. What's going on? Not too much, Steve. Anything new and exciting? New and exciting. New and exciting. No. Nothing at all. Not that I remember. Oh, that's fine. It's St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, we were recording this on St. Patrick's Day. That's right. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Our previous episode went out celebrating St. Patrick's Day. That's true. I guess while we're talking about that, we might as well get right into it and start talking about some of our previous results then. That's what you call a segue. That's right. Uh, So before we even talk about our St. Patrick's Day episode from last week, I think that we should mention an episode result from a week prior to that. Yes, a very important one. That was a very, very important one. For our fans that know, we had some stakes to that one, Chris. Yes, we did. And whoever won got to pick a movie for the loser to watch. That is correct. All right. So for that episode, we had Who Would Win an Iron Chef America Cook-Off. You chose Preacher from Deep Blue Sea, LL Cool J's character, Mm -hmm. and I chose the Soup Nazi, famous Seinfeld character. Do you remember what our secret ingredient was? It was potato chips. It was potato chips. And the winner is... Little drum effect there. I don't know if you guys can hear the drums. Sixty percent to forty percent. Oh no! The winner is the soup Nazi. Oh, (laughs) sorry, Chris. It's all right. I had an early lead and I blew it. You did have an early lead. How much did you have to pay people to get on Twitter and vote? A lot. I I, I called in a lot of favors. That was a smart move. Yes. So, so I get to pick what you will be watching. All right. Are you excited? I am, Steve. And I am, too, because I'm going to watch it with you. <laughs> That's funny. I would have watched whatever I picked. I plan on it. We are going to watch the 1973 film called The Day of the Dolphin. The Day of the Dolphin? The Day of the Dolphin. That's funny. I had a nautical theme movie in mind for you called Shark Exorcist. <laughs> Shark Exorcist? Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of it. It's about a nun. Well, it's actually really hard to tell what it's about because the plot is very hard to follow. Right. It seems to be about a nun... Or according at least to the tagline of the movie, or the summary, right? A nun summons like the devil to like possess a shark. Interesting. And then that shark goes around killing people <laughs> with very low special effects budget. When did this come out? Before or after Jaws? Uh, probably. No, probably. It's, it's it's like a recent like. Oh, it's recent. Yeah, we're not talking like a big release here, Steve. This... I, I, I mean, I understand that. Okay. I'm just curious. Um, I could check the year for you. I think. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious now. Is anybody in it? Like, any, oh no, like, like not even not. like low name. No. You know, no, no, no. no like no, some no. people who are in just the most random things ever. Nothing at all. No, I, I don't think anyone is in this, or nor should be in anything else. <laughs> it's from 2015. Oh wow, really? It looks like it was made on like a, a home video camera, possibly a cell phone camera. So that was the shark exercise. So next time, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe yeah. you know, well, maybe I'll, I'll have a loss. I'll have a loss. So, 1973, Day of the Dolphin. I'm just going to leave you with the tagline. Unwittingly, he trained a dolphin to kill the President of the United States. Oh, you told me about that. It sounds amazing. So, there we go. So, we're going to have to find a copy of the Day of the Dolphin somewhere. I'm sure we can find it. Maybe it's on YouTube. Maybe it's in the library. This is actually really exciting for me because, like, I'm basically the movie equivalent of a masochist. I enjoy bad (laughs) movies. You really do. I don't know what that would be called, a a massive cinephile. A massive, yeah, I guess a massive, a massive cinemassive, cinemassive. If there's a word out there, or if you want to name it, we could probably make up our own word for it. That's true. We could start it. I'll name it after myself. Go ahead. A chrysophile. Chris. Chris's disease. Chris's disease. No, I don't like that. Never mind. I wouldn't want a disease named after me. Well. You know, you got it some, at least it's something. I mean, I guess it is better than nothing. Like I said, I had a pretty boring week, so. Yeah, that's true. So, hey, you got a you disease know? named after yeah. you. Hey. 
All right, so so that is the final result of that episode, Chris. I'm sorry, but good match. It was a, it was, was a well fought match. It was. It really your, was. Your food sounded gross and disgusting, but hey, that's what people voted that, for. That's what happens. I guess they were just going with uh, just going with the chef there. And then, like we previously mentioned last week's episode, uh, we had who would win, plain and simple, the famous Alabama leprechaun going against. Michael Flatley. Michael Flatley, who you argue, argued was a leprechaun. I just said he might be a he leprechaun. He might be a leprechaun, right? He has some tendencies and some quirks that leprechauns also exhibit. Yes. Yes. Very much. Currently 80% to 20%. Who's winning? Alabama leprechaun. Oh, man, that's yeah. Probably, you're, you've had a couple I mean, uh, lulls lately. In the beginning, you were you were really hot, but I was. right now. You're, I wonder if great. the viewers have tired of me. Uh-oh. Let's hope not. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, so before we get into this week's episode, I actually have something prepared. Go on. Uh, do you know what uh, big movie's coming out this Friday? This Friday, like uh, today? No, like this Friday, meaning the twenty seventh. When this episode is it Beauty and the Beast? No, Beauty and the Beast comes out today uh, of it, this airing. Is it? Um, I have no idea. Uh, is it a Fast and Furious movie? No. Do that sound so? Oh, the Power Rangers movie. The Power Rangers movie comes out. What was that out. first song you sang? It's like in the beginning, like when the music's getting ready. It's like, oh, I don't remember that part. Maybe I'll, I mean, I don't know. Is that the, the new song or is that from the original? That's from the original. Hmm. It's probably a really bad version of it. If well. we had the copyrights, I would totally play it, but we don't. So, anyway, so uh, so we've we've gotten a lot of followers since we did our first episode about Ninja Turtles versus the Power That's Rangers. That's right. So I wanted to play like a quick little clip from that episode. So that way our, our viewers can maybe get a little taste of what that episode was like in honor of the new Power Rangers coming out. And if they like what they hear, they could go back and check that episode out. It was a good episode. I remember that it one. It was a good episode. So I'm going to play that right now. When they combine into the Megazord, I, I had some rough figures that it was about approximately 135 feet tall, 41 meters. If okay. There's any, uh, if there's European, any European listeners out or there. Or non-American listeners. Okay. And 570 tons yes. is an estimate of weight. Yes. And I don't think the Ninja Turtles have anything comparable to that. So I'm glad you brought this up, Chris. Because this is where I've been doing a lot of research. I feel like I might have just walked into a trap here. <laughs> All right. So hear me out here. So the first thing we got to point out is that the Power Rangers only summon their Zords and form the Megazord when their opponent gets really big by Rita Repulsa's staff. That is 100% true. And that always bothered me when I was a kid. I was like, just do that right away. Exactly. I mean, even when they're fighting, like, the Putty Patrol, if they just form the Megazord and just One stomped step. on them, they're done. The Putty Patrol's done. But yep. they always fight them until he gets big and Rita goes, make my something grow! And she throws this giant spear towards the Earth, which doesn't burn up in the atmosphere, and NASA does nothing to stop it from penetrating and, like, landing on American soil every single time it happens. NASA's probably very frightened of Rita and her. She has a moon base. She does have a moon base. Why don't they do anything to stop her? They might not have had the technology. That could be another fight someday. Maybe NASA versus Rita Repulsa. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that was a good episode. I I thoroughly enjoyed that That was a nice little taste of that episode. So Brought back a lot of memories. So, plenty of that and more. That was back in August. August of 2016 when we first got our feet wet. I think that was our third episode. It was an early one. It was an early one, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I remember that episode very well. One of my favorites that we did. A uh, lot of research went into that, that one. one. You could tell we, yeah, yeah. we, uh, we, I, I don't know if we really phoned it in from that on. I don't know if we've done, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the summertime, you know, it was yeah, a, little, that, yeah, yeah. a little laid back. But, um, yeah, so definitely, you know, Power Rangers coming out this, uh, this Friday. Go check it out. Uh, listen to this episode in honor of the Power Rangers versus the Ninja Turtles. I don't know what you think. I think that movie actually looks like it might be good. Yeah, I'm, I, if you were to, Ask me which do I, do I think would, would be better, Beauty and the Beast or Power Rangers? I would say Beauty and the Beast. However, Beauty and the Beast is not getting that great reviews. Oh, what are people complaining about? They're complaining that it's it doesn't do anything like new, like it's pretty that's, much the exact same thing. That's what I was actually worried about because yeah. I don't want to just watch the Beauty and the Beast story again. I've seen it a lot, and I heard that there's actually new songs in it also. But I think currently on Rotten Tomatoes, last time I checked, it was sixty-seven percent. That's very interesting. Which is extremely low. That's a, that's a good comparison to bring up, because if you were to ask me which movie would I rather see, I would pick Power Rangers. Now, I pr- knowing now that Beauty and the Beast is 67%, if it is still that low or maybe it bumped up, I don't know. But right now, if I had a choice, I'd probably go see Power Rangers, because I feel like the action looks pretty cool. Yeah. And that's I feel like that re- um, connects with my childhood more than Beauty and the Beast does. 
Because I wasn't like a huge Disney fan when I was a kid. Uh, but hey, let's hope Power Rangers is good. Yeah, let's hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So please uh, definitely go check out that episode. Oh, you know what's funny? What's that? So in that episode, the Power Rangers Ninja Turtles episode, I brought up a case of the one of the Red Ranger actors using a sword to stab his roommate and kill him. Yeah. I think he just pled guilty to that crime. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like recently. We should have like episode <laughs> updates. Yeah. Things that we talked about. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Aw. Yeah, that's that's. A I sad wonder what story. season he was in. I don't remember. Like, I think probably I, one think of the I talked about it in the episode. So. Yeah, like Turbo Charge Ninja Force. Or yeah, something. it was. It was like something. It was like that. one. Of, it wasn't. It wasn't Jason. No, it wasn't Jason. The one is he in? All right, we also talked about. We did this. talk about this, but I can't remember. And um, it sounds like probably not, but inconclusive right. to me. Okay, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we did talk about this because I talked about my work experience. Yeah, that's yeah, right. that's right. We did talk about it. Uh, all right, ready to get started? Yes, ready. All right. So, as always, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you'd just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, or you could re- uh, leave us a subscribe. Wow, I cannot talk. Or you could subscribe and leave us a rating on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Chris, what are we talking about today? Today, we have a fan suggestion. We do have a fan suggestion. This came from one of our Twitter followers named... I. I'm sure I'm pronouncing this right. Daniel Carpenter on Twitter. Hey there, Daniel. Thank you very much for your Wait, shout did out. You say you're not sure if you're pronouncing that right. Well, the one, look, looking how I wrote it down, like I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this doesn't look like a word. But now I'm looking at my handwriting, and it clearly says Daniel Carpenter. Okay, because that one seems like yes. a pretty safe pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, it looks like I wrote a U, so it looked like it was Carpenter for a second, but it's it's Daniel Carpenter. Okay, yes. Uh, and what did he suggest to us? He suggested Battle of uh, Battle of captains battle of pilots he I'd suggested say, i'd say it's battle of the captains absolutely captain kirk that's right from star trek mm-hmm. verse han solo captain of the millennium falcon from star wars that's right and um it's gonna be a tough fight for me personally because i would identify as a as a huge star wars fan i'm not sure how you how you would sway between the the trek versus way wars. more star wars way yeah. more star wars i, I hardly watched agree. any of original star trek stuff uh, yeah, I never. I was first introduced when I was younger. My dad watched Star Trek: The Next Generation a lot, and I always remember hearing the theme like the da 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 da. Yeah, da, da, I've da. seen some episodes. Uh, and I was really introduced to Star Trek with J.J. Abrams' uh, Star Trek movie back in 2009. Yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed and I that. thoroughly loved it. And I liked the, his sequel. And Me I liked. Too. Uh, I liked Star Trek Beyond. That I haven't seen out. Beyond. Yeah, yet. it's pretty. I have it on Blu-ray if you want to borrow it. I've I've also seen some of the some of the movies. I've seen. The older movies. Yeah, I've seen Wrath of Khan yeah. and Search for Spock. Yeah. Those are the only I had a goal, which was an unrealistic goal, last summer to watch every Star Trek movie before the uh, Star Trek Beyond came out. Didn't no. even start. They, I don't know how they treated... I don't know what they did in the sequels, but at least in the original, it definitely had some references and homages to the older Star Treks, especially Search for Spock with the ending. What do you mean? Where, um... Well... Was it Search for Spock or was it the one before where Spock died, died at the end? Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert if you oh, haven't yeah. seen the Star Trek movie. Oh, do you mean the new ones had yeah. homages? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. I know what you mean. Now. Yeah, so like the Star... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The J.J. Abrams' first Star Trek, instead of having Spock seem like he died, it seemed like Kirk died. It was the second one. But yes, you're right. That was the second one? Yeah, in Star Trek Into Darkness, Kirk, like, quote-unquote, died. Oh, okay. And, I and Spock, mixed and Spock up. is out there with his hand saying, yeah. like, you shall always be... I'm probably messing this quote up and Star Trek fans are going to kill me. It's, you have always been and you shall always be my friend. But in um, Wrath of Khan, Spock is the one that dies. I remember I saw that movie with my buddy Nick, who's been on the show before. And the moment it was over, he go and th- before you found out that Kirk was still alive, um, he goes, "Search for Kirk!" Like he thought that was going to be the <laughs> third, the third movie. But no, they went and they got Benedict Cumberbatch. That's right, which is always what you should do if you're in trouble. Just find Benedict Cumberbatch. That's right. He'll help and you he, in and some he, way. And he had the super blood that yep. saved uh, that saved Kirk's life. So yeah, so we got Star Trek versus Star Wars characters, c- classic captains going one to one. Han Solo is more of a general, just to, just so you know. Okay, so he is a general. Yeah, I mean that's his title, general. Just because he got a fancy. Well, he coat. earned it. Did he? Well, we'll so get it. We'll if get you it. have, if you can't we'll tell, I'm doing. I'm, I think I'm Han Solo. Chris is doing Han Solo. I'm obviously doing Captain Kirk. This is gonna be hard for me, like I said though, because I am a diehard Star Wars fan at heart. But after doing some research, I honestly think that Captain Kirk would beat out Han Solo. We'll see. Let's do it. So, um, first of all, oh no, <laughs> Chris, what did you just do? Just to illustrate a point, I have shot you. You shot first. 
I definitely shot first. Oh, man. And you would be dead. I would be dead. And we'll get back to that later. That's fine. I mean, I'm sure if you've seen Star Wars, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. But we'll get there. So, um, I, I was going to say, um, I was a little surprised because you picked first. You picked Kirk first. And yeah. I was like, Steve didn't pick a Star the Star Wars one. I thought maybe you wanted to give yourself a challenge because you tend to gravitate towards the Star Wars ones. So. Right. I don't know. Uh, whatever, little, whatever. A, a little bit of that. And the more research I've done, like, I just kind of wanted to craft an argument that could go against Han Solo in a way. Oh, wow. So. You mean you're going to try to kill Han Solo? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be the one that's going to try to kill Han Solo, but we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah. You want to talk a little background about Han Solo? I mean, almost I have, everybody in the world should that's know what who I was Han say. Solo The is. man needs no introduction. Exactly. I mean, if, I, I would say the, the Venn diagram of people who listen to podcasts and people who've seen Star Trek. Wars. Wars. <laughs> I, I I was worried I was going to mess up Star Trek and Star Wars this whole pod, this whole episode. But anyway, Venn Diagram, podcast listeners, Star Wars watchers. I think that's a fairly large intersection. Between podcast listeners and Star Wars fans? Yes. Okay. Just just the demographics of people who listen to podcasts and the people who would watch Star Wars. Okay, fair enough. In my opinion. Yeah. No data to back that up. Gut feeling. <laughs> that's fine. So here's... With that said, I'm going to give you excruciating detail on Han Solo's background in case you don't know who he is. Now, is this all canon background? This, I'm only going to argue from canon. Okay. I and actually I, even left out some canon stuff because I didn't watch as much of, like, um, Rebels and um, – what's that other – is there – what else is canon that's, like, Clone Wars. Animated? Clone Wars, yeah. yeah. So there was some stuff from that that I – I don't know. Nothing jumped out Yeah, that's me. fine. Um, so if you've only seen the movies, you're going to follow you're me. All right. Homeworld. Corellia. That's right. Born like how I'm validating your facts. I'm glad I said it right. Actually, thank you. Yeah. Born after 30 BBY, before the Battle of Yavin, because that's how they do the dates in Star Wars. They all reference the Battle of Yavin. Yeah. So, ba- so think of like um, BBY is like BC. Yep. And then ABY is like AD. So the Battle of Yavin is like zero. Why did they pick that for year zero? I guess that's because like that's when Star Wars started. You know, like the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, but they didn't. Okay, that's yeah. fine. That's that's how they do so, it. So, spoiler alert, I'm going to... He died. What? 34 ABY. That's right. After Battle of Yavin. Yep. Killed by his own son. Ben Solo. You darn Kylo Ren. Species, human. Gender, male. Height, 1.8 meters. Hair color, brown. Later, gray. Eye color, <laughs> hazel. Skin color, light. It's pretty, that it's pretty that paints a picture of the man, Han Solo. And he's so cool. So that's what I'm going to try to get across. Han Solo is so cool. Okay. He was a smuggler. Yep. Since his youth. Like, I don't know if they're going to go into this in the, uh, in the spin-off, in the movie. spin-off movie about it. Yeah, it'd be him, interesting to see. He got into the, into the pirate business pretty early. Mm-hmm. And then, um, after like some success, he ends up, uh, playing a dice game with, um, Lando Calrissian called Sabacc. Sabacc. Thank you. You're welcome. I was going to ask you if you know what it was called, because I forgot. That's it. He wins. He does. He, he wins. wins Lando's prized ship, the Millennium Falcon. There's also, uh, I don't know if this is in canon or in Legends, but there's rumors that, that both of them cheated in that game. <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising. He, um, I think he hung the dice he won with in the Millennium Falcon, or he hung some, he hung dice just to represent that, right. he, that he won. So, um... This is a great. This is a fast ship, great for smuggling. It helps his smuggling career. He ends up working for Jabba the Hutt, mm-hmm. becomes one of Jabba the Hutt's best smugglers. Um, I was going to say known throughout the galaxy, but I guess if you're a good smuggler, you don't really want to be known throughout the galaxy. I think he's known because he just screws everybody he, over. He's, a, he's infamous which, for which. I guess that does make him a good smuggler. I guess. I guess so. Yeah, yeah they they tried. They really started to play up his past of being like you know a scoundrel, yeah. right? But most of the actions he does in the movies are of a good person. Always. So, almost always. Yeah, so, like, he doesn't really act like a scoundrel in the movies. Um, there was one reference I read where um, he had some he had some con where he was robbing someone, and part of the robbery, he had, a, like, a fake marriage to somebody. Huh. Do, does this sound familiar to you? Because this was in the tab called... This is from Wikipedia. Yeah. Wikipedia. And it was in the there was a canon section. Of so this legends. might be from like a, a comic book that, or something. That's what I thought. Maybe. Yeah, probably. And so he, they they had this fake wedding to stage to rob something, and he ends up stealing the person's cut. Oh wow! So it was like just one example of him being a scoundrel. I I wonder if they were trying to be like, oh, we have to play up how he's actually not amazing, a perfect hero, right? He, because I'm, they made so many references to how he's not right. 
But, you know, he really redeems himself. Very likable in the movies. I, I always wondered if maybe his likability, like Harrison Ford's and Han Solo's likability, like contributed to him being more of a standard hero in the movies. Like if they maybe rewrote, reworked some things. I know they originally wanted to kill him all. Well, Harrison Ford wanted Harrison to die. Harrison Ford wanted to die in like every movie. Yeah, exactly. Because if you watch like Return of the Jedi, he's not really, I feel like he's just there. He's not really acting. That was why, that supposedly is why they froze him in carbonite, right? Because they weren't sure if he'd come back to do. Yeah, he, and, he, and he wanted to die. Yeah. So that's why when they announced The Force Awakens and Harrison Ford signed on for it, I'm, I was thinking he's uh, definitely going to die. Yeah, that, that was pretty common sentiment, I think. To, to kill him off, which I thought they did. In a, I thought it was well done, personally. I didn't think it was a stupid death. I thought it was very meaningful, and it definitely yes. changed Kylo and Ren's character. I think it was a really well-acted scene, too. And yeah, between both of them. You like you felt like he was really his father in that scene. I was yeah. Like, I just remember sitting there in the seats. I just felt like my childhood was murdered. In yeah, it, it, I still felt sad. Like I, I knew it was coming, and I was yeah. like, oh, no. Yeah, the moment he's on that bridge, just like, ah, oh, come on. Yep. So, like, yes. for, for a split second, I was like, maybe he'll pull out of this one. <laughs> maybe this. He always does. Yeah. He always does. And then, no. And then Kylo was a jerk and just, just committed oh. patricide right there on the bridge. Oh, man. Um, so where are we up to now? He's, he's a great smuggler. For, okay. For Jabba the Hutt's best smuggler. I also skipped over, he, uh, in his travels, saves a, um, Wookiee named Chewbacca. Yes, he does. He saves his life. Yes, and in the debt. in the Wookiee world, you, you he's owed a life debt from Chewbacca. They become partners, great friends. They're right. inseparable. Um, so anyway, working for Jabba the Hutt, smuggling smuggling uh, something called they just refer to it as spice, which mm-hmm. is like a very popular drug of you know the Star Wars universe. Uh, they're boarded by the Empire. He dumps his spice, mm-hmm. very valuable. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to get arrested. Yep, goes back to Jabba. He's like Jabba's like. You owe me for that spice man. And Han's like, uh, I'll get you the money. Right. So he's he's uh he's trying to do some odd jobs to get some money, but s- soon enough, who shows up at his doorstep but Luke Skywalker and Obi Wan Kenobi. And then that's where the they need a ride. takes off from there. And yep, and now that brings us to Star Wars episode four, A New Hope. And I'll say, uh most people know the rest. I'll get into more some specific details when I get to my argument. But that works. That's that's the Han Solo background. Awesome. Did I miss anything important? Nothing that I can think of. Uh, I think he had pretty, pretty much well, everything. Yeah, he, he has a relationship with Leia. Yep. Um, Leia Obviously, yep, they're going to have a kid together. Yep, they, they eventually get married and have a kid. Right. Cool. Yep. All right, Han Solo. So, Captain Kirk, Captain James. Captain, Captain Kirk. It sounds like you're making a breakfast cereal. Captain Crunch. <laughs> Captain Kirk. Uh, James T. Kirk, or James Tiberius Kirk. He Or Jim. Or Jim Kirk, right? He will be born... On March 22nd, <laughs> 2233, which is 216 years from now in Iowa. What is that? When does that time period compare to the Battle of Yavin? Is it before or after? So that's going to be part of my argument also. Oh, boy. You'll see. Of course it is. Uh, <laughs> and March 22nd also is coming up uh, the week this episode's airing, so it kind of worked in perfectly while we're recording this, which is also William Shatner's birthday. So that's how they tied that in. William Shatner and uh, James Kirk share the exact same birthday. And he dies in 2371. How'd he die? Uh, it was in one of the movies. I was doing some research on it, and I just pretty much focused on the date he died. Apparently, they, they rewrote it because he wasn't happy with the way he died. I think it was in Star Trek Generations. I might be incorrect, and I apologize if I am. But that was the one with one of the, like with the with the Next Generation crew, um, and he was in that movie as well. And he oh, okay. and he died. Yes. Um, he w- attended Starfleet. He was there for five years. He famously took the Kobayashi Maru, which he was known for cheating for, uh, which was Spock's test, uh, which was like a no-win scenario, which Captain Kirk really doesn't believe in no-win scenarios. Uh, he was a lieutenant on the USS Farragut. He rose through the ranks and became eventually the captain of the USS Enterprise, uh, one, of, one of the most famous ships in science fiction, along with, I would definitely agree with, uh, the Millennium Falcon and some other ships from both Star Wars and Star Trek as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that, that's pretty much like the basic background I went against. Uh, I might just jump in to start with some of my arguments. Please do. So I'm going to start with arguing that Star Trek and Star Wars exist in the exact same universe. Good luck with that. Star Wars, they say, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So it could still be within our universe. Absolutely. Okay? Long time ago. So Star Wars is more in the past, right? Star Trek is without a doubt our future. It, it, it takes place in the future. Wait, which one's the future? Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. Star Trek takes place in the future. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Another way I'm going to argue that they are both in the same universe is that in the 2009 Star Trek movie and the 2013 Star Trek movie, R2-D2 is in both of them. Okay. Think about that. Let that sink in. Wait, what movies? The 09, the Star Trek, J.J. Yeah. Abrams, and the 2013 Star Trek Into Darkness. R2-D2 is in both of them. Okay. So I'm going to make the case that Star Trek just happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, in a different galaxy inside of our universe. In the past, Star Trek takes place in the future. They exist within the same universe. So how did R2-D2 survive that long? R2-D2 is a droid. He could, he's a robot. He could exist that long, if need be. That they seems could, like, they a, that could, seems like offer a really long time. R2-D2 is one of the most important characters of the Star Wars franchise, so it would only make sense for him to continue to surviving and having more adventures and more stories as it couldn't, goes through. Couldn't we be He's talking about he- millions of years here going by? And It just says a long time ago. That's all it says. We don't know. We, I'm, I'm saying we, we, we also have, know it's far, far away. So couldn't right. we be also talking about like millions of light years of travel that R2 would have to have traveled? Possibly, but also time could be different between those between that galaxy that Star Wars takes place in and our galaxy as well. But still, to, for R two D two to travel across galaxies I don't and end up on Earth, I don't. I know, I'm never saying he's in Earth. He's not on Earth. He's in space in the in the two Star Trek movies. You see him in space. Oh, do you? I thought there's one scene where it's like going no, around. no. He's not on Earth. He's in space. How do you see him? How's he yeah. show up? He is in uh, the first one. He is in when they come out of uh, warp and they're approaching Vulcan and all the ships that got there before them were attacked by Nero's ship. Yeah, uh, you see R two D two floating, floating in, the, yeah. in, the, in the rubbish and you can in the wreckage and you can see him. You can see him there. So that's my case that I'm going to argue uh, that they both take place within the same universe. All right, so is that, that we, is that important to your argument? Uh, it might be eventually. All no, right, it, it's going to be eventually. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with fighting style. Okay. Yep. Between Captain Kirk and Han Solo. Yep. Okay. What's Han Solo very famous for doing that you did to start this episode? Wait one second. I was going to wait until you messed up my build up. Sorry. I was going to do it again to remind you. Go ahead. You don't have to close your eyes. I'm not going to shoot you in the face. I'm just making sure. Ah, he shot first, right? Han Solo did shoot first. I'm well, not gonna... it's funny that, that you say that because there is some disagreement. And technically in canon... Han Solo that's, did not shoot first. That's exactly what I was going to say. According right. to canon, right. Han Solo did not shoot first. Yes. And I think that's hilarious. It is funny. Because there's actually like a whole paragraph devoted to it on the Wikipedia, This that exact exchange. Right. And it so rewrites history that... Can I read it right now? Sure, go right ahead. Up? Yeah. So this is in uh, the cantina right after Han accepted the contract with Obi-Wan Kenobi to, to fly them. And... Um, he gets confronted by a bounty hunter, Greedo, who's trying to collect uh, a bounty that Jabba put on Han Solo's head. Yeah. So, as Solo got up to leave, he was confronted by one of Jabba's bounty hunters, the Rodian, Greedo. Uta, Uta, Solo. Greedo demanded to be paid Jabba's debt, or he would take Solo's dead body back to Jabba as payment. Bon, chidale. Solo, then, in self-defense, covertly pulled his DL-44 blaster pistol and shot Greedo from under the table a fraction of a second after Greedo fired his own weapon. Though, Solo hit his target and Greedo did not. Yes. So technically in canon, Han Solo did not shoot first. But we all know how what happened. I mean... I believe wholeheartedly that Han shot first. <laughs> but if you're arguing canon, Han did not shoot first. I'm arguing canon except for stupid changes to canon. <laughs> it's, it's changes to canon. So, all right, let's 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 address that, okay? So, yes, Han is known for shooting first, okay? Yep. Captain Kirk is also known among Star, Star Trek fans as shooting first and asking questions later. Does he shoot as first as Han Solo does, though? I mean... I mean, I was actually... All right, I'm not going to lie. I was looking to see uh, quick draw times, and I was going to see if I could time them between Kirk and Han. Couldn't find anything to help support that argument. But it seems to me that both of them are both well-known for shooting first and asking questions later. So I feel that that kind of puts them at a draw right here if they were both to pull out their guns and point them at each other. Okay? Well, there is one problem with that. Your phaser is probably going to be set to stun because they always say set phasers to stun. So you're going to have to switch it to kill. That's that's going to cost you some time. It doesn't take that long to switch to switch well, to kill. It doesn't take and, that and long that's to assuming, shoot a blaster. And that's that's assuming that it was all already on. <laughs> Come stun. on, we know Captain Kirk. He set it to stun. But that's but the thing is, when they're setting it to stun, I feel as though it's already set to kill, and they're saying, "Hey, take it from kill and set it to stun." 
That is actually a good point because if it was already on stun, why would they have to say it? That's what I'm saying. Unless, but here's the thing: maybe that is standard practice. But Captain Kirk uses stun so much, he's just like, you know what? I'll leave it on stun. Perhaps, but then that stuns Han Solo, so it doesn't it doesn't? Well, if you then can he shoot stuns him, him and first. then shoots him. So then I'm also looking into this too. All right. So I did do some research into uh, reloading in the Star Wars and Star Trek universe for their weapons, okay? Star Wars blasters, depending on the gun, can work on a gas or a power cell to power the laser bolts, okay? Okay. And depending on the gas or the power cell, they do need to be recharged or um, Mm -hmm. reloaded, um, depending on the amount of shots that they use. Star Trek phasers as well. They also need to be reloaded. However, built into the Star Trek phasers is a replacement pack that they can use to reload their phaser. As far as I see, I don't see Han Solo carrying any reload packs just in case he runs out of, quote-unquote, ammunition for his blaster. So if something does happen, and just say, for example, both of them both draw their blasters at the exact same time, both of them pull the trigger... Both of them don't have am- any ammunition. Kirk is going to be able to reload quickly, where Han might not have anything to reload, and Kirk is going to get the upper hand and take down Han Solo. All right. I mean, if you think there's a chance that Han Solo would bring an unloaded blaster to the fight, sure. not an unloaded blaster, but a an emptied blaster, because he's been you know he's shooting around all the time. You're saying he shoots first, so he probably shoots people left and right. Didn't know that he was out of ammunition. Didn't expect to meet Captain Kirk, and then boom. I think he would know. You never know. All right. Do you, do you want to continue your argument, or do you want me to throw some stuff at you? Uh, I also want to talk fighting style. Okay. I don't know if you want to move on to fight, fighting style. Yeah, or... go ahead. Okay. So I want to move to fighting style. Uh, Captain Kirk is very, very physical when it comes to fighting in the Star Trek TV series and the movies as well. Uh, he'll throw punches. He'll throw kicks. He'll knee people. He yes, also he has he also has a, a bowling ball tactic. I don't know if you saw this video no. where someone was charging him and he literally just rolled into them. <laughs> they call that the bowling ball tactic. He uses pressure points. He dodges. He's very agile to take down people as well. Han Solo, as far as I remember, never gets into any physical altercations in any of the Star Wars movies. Yeah, he he does. He punches that one guy at the end and he says, get off my plane. And then he punches them. Remember? You're thinking of Air Force One. No, he's get off my Falcon, and then he punches the guy. You're thinking of Air Force One with Han Solo. All right, we'll agree, agree to that disagree. That would be we'll an see. awesome movie. <laughs> that should be the spinoff. It should be Air Force One, but with Han Solo. Like his, like, his like the Millennium Falcon, Falcon gets, gets hijacked. Time. I think that'd be amazing. <laughs> I'd watch it. That'd be so good. Um, the only the only instance that I can remember where there's any physical altercation with Han Solo is on the pit of Carcoon scene in Return of the Jedi. And he, I was, that is that is one of my arguments. And yes. he backs into <laughs> Boba Fett's jetpack accidentally. Mm-hmm. I wrote the word accidentally also. Yeah, and he causes Boba Fett to fall into the Sarlacc pit. Uh, yep. But that's the, on, the only physical altercation he has is bumping his back into somebody. Well, I mean, then he killed a guy with that. So imagine how strong he is when he, he tries. He's probably not dead. It's not confirmed yet, but people believe that he's not dead. Boba Fett, he's going to come back. Man, I want that to happen. Yeah. If it happens, it's, it's probably, it's I'm going to be like, that's stupid. But it's so cool. Everybody, like when the new Battlefront came out, like two years ago, that everybody yeah. hated, uh, Boba Fett is in the Return of the Jedi Sarlacc Pit uh, level, and everybody assumed that that meant that he was back now, because they oh. said like the game was canon. So like, oh, that means he's back. And they're like, no, it doesn't mean he's canon. It's canon. It doesn't mean he's back. He uh, was but, really fun to play as because you got to use his jetpack. And I remember in the original Battlefront, you could use a flamethrower also. I don't yep, know. I don't know can, in the new one if yep, you could you or can. not. Nice. You got you got his missiles, flamethrower, gun. And one last argument I want to make. Say for example something happened. Both of our blasters weren't working. My blaster wasn't working, and you were trying to shoot me. Okay. Okay. Captain Kirk is very resourceful. In the famous episode where he fights the Gorn, I'm sure you've maybe seen clips from that one, like the green looking dinosaur alien. Yes. The green-looking dinosaur. Thank yeah. you. Yes. He makes his own weapon using potassium nitrate, which is like salt um, peter that he finds around, sulfur, charcoal, and which essentially makes gunpowder on this planet. And then he uses a bamboo tube from the planet as well and uses diamonds as bullets. So he takes his bamboo tube, puts diamonds inside, and uses that like self-made gunpowder to projectile the diamonds to fly into the Gorn and essentially harm him. So he's very, very resourceful. If anything did happen to him while he's fighting Han Solo, he would have the ability to think on his feet and to come up with some kind of makeshift weapon that could help him fight the smuggler. Okay. 
Sure. So so that's that's my argument regarding physicality and that kind of stuff. All right. I just want to point out real quick that a lot of your arguments depend on lot like all the weapons breaking. So like I'm just thinking of different scenarios just to show what he would do in that scenario and how he that's, is resourceful. That's, that's fair because yeah. I was also going to offer some other scenarios. That's fine. So even though Han might just shoot you on sight if he knows you're trying to kill him, yeah, um, he he might also be wise to maybe um, try to hang back a little bit and maybe borrow Chewie's bowcaster. So is Chewie. he working along with Chewie? I wasn't uh, sure we, how we were going to play we that. We generally scenario. keep these, you know, one v one. So I'm just saying he previously in advance has borrowed. Chewie's bowcaster. bowcaster. He's not going to get any like two v one type of help with from Chewie. Okay, but he he borrowed his scope bowcaster, which is a extremely powerful long range weapon. Mm-hmm. So maybe he gets that. Maybe he picks you off from far away. I mean, that could that'll just blow you apart. Possibly, possibly. Right. What, what Han Solo are you using? Old Han Solo, like Force Awakens Han Solo, Return of Jedi Han Solo. Um, because he doesn't first use the bowcaster until the Force Awakens. That is true. So that's why I'm saying, are you going to use the old Han Solo Force Awakens? Han what are you going to say? He doesn't know how to use it then, or something? He doesn't use it until the Force Awakens, though. Maybe if he knows the Captain Kirk's coming for him, he's like, I better practice with this bowcaster now. Okay. He gets, you know, he puts, uh, he lines up some some tin cans on a fence and he shoots. <laughs> them. It's like a montage scene. Oh, uh, nice. My, I like that's it. That's what that I could be do. in the Han Solo movie too. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be surprised if it isn't. Frankly, it should be. So he's going to use Bo- Chewie's bowcaster, okay? Maybe. Just, Ca- just like you said, just Cap- as possible Cap- scenario. Captain Kirk's going to see it coming. He's he- going to see it coming? He's going he's to see this guy. First of all, the bowcaster is large. It is very large. It is, it is pretty it's, big. It's, it, it looks normal in the size of a Wookiee's hands, but it is very large yeah. in, the, in, in Han Solo's hands. So if he sees this man carrying this giant bowcaster in the distance, he's going to see him pointing at it. Captain Kirk is going to do what he does best. He's going to roll. He's gonna do- <laughs> he's gonna dodge out of the way. That's funny because in preparation for this, I watched a lot of Captain Kirk videos on YouTube. Yeah, I found almost nothing useful, but they're all really funny. <laughs> he's got some pretty interesting fight moves. He's also like, it's hard to describe. So I want to say he's a bad actor, but that's a little unfair because there's something about it that just is like it works. He's bad, but it works. Yeah, yeah it's like that's the character. He's playing the character perfectly yeah. by acting badly. Yeah, and that's Mr. just Spock. We need to go down to the planet. I ended up watching a lot of one where, for some reason, so it didn't have the full the full episode. There was another like alien or something who looked exactly like him, okay, and was trying to impersonate him and like take over as him, okay, but was also like a jerk and like tried to rape someone and like attacked oh, wow. people. Oh, geez, so I don't know what his ultimate plan was. He kept wanting to. He kept saying, "I'm the captain." Was I don't it like Captain Phillips. Yeah, it was a lot like yeah. Captain Phillips, except instead of being a like Nigerian hijacker, Somalian, Somalian. Thank you, yeah. hijacker. It was a, uh, I don't know if, I was going to say gen- genetic clone, but I don't know if it was a clone or, I don't know ha- what happened to make this thing look exactly like Captain Kirk, but he did. Yeah. I know that and there's one plot where there's duplicates. I shouldn't say maybe duplicates, it was that one, but though. there, but I, I, I don't know. He was the only one who happens. had a duplicate and his duplicate was a jerk. Okay. And they eventually had to fight it. So maybe, are you going to use that? Clone? No, I was just oh, saying okay. it's just funny because it's uh, like twice the Captain Kirk. Right, that's true. And then on one of them, he gets to, like, overact as, like, a weird bad guy. So it's, like, <laughs> it's extra. even better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, extra William Shatner. All right, so you gave me the scenario of using the bowcaster. Any yes. other scenarios you want to throw out? Yeah, I, I also think, since we're both two accomplished captains, there's a, there's a chance of a Millennium Falcon versus, uh, what, Enterprise, uh, fight here. I'm going to flip over my nose to the backside. All right. I, I don't have any notes on this. I'm just shooting from the hip here. Oh, really? Much oh, like, like Han Solo. <laughs> So, Han Solo is a great captain. I, I have a section of my notes that I have labeled feats of greatness. <laughs> it says okay. feats of greatness. He's just, not lying. It says feats of greatness. So, number one, feat of greatness. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll just say another one because you already said it. So, so let's. So before we get into this, so let's say the fight was going on, on the ground. Yeah. All right. And something's going to happen. They're both going to jump in their ships, perhaps. All right. I'll, I'll follow you. Just, 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 just to say like how we okay. got from fighting one, one v one hand gun battle to in in our respective ships okay okay um this is this is unrelated for a second but just because you already said it feet of greatness he killed boba fett uh, well, well right, a so well-renowned so, bounty hunter i think the sarlacc pit technically uh yeah i guess technically yes he did the final blow even though he's just being slowly I mean, digested over a thousand years that's kind of like saying guns don't kill people bullets kill people because <laughs> yeah. i mean he you know 
did the action to push the him. The jetpack killed him because the jetpack short circuited. You're you're you need to give Han a little more credit. Like I mean, he accidentally he turned left. Well, he trusted his instincts. No, he didn't. His he, instincts were telling him. No, it wasn't. Chewie turn said, around quickly. No, Chewie said Boba Fett is behind you, and and he goes Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where, where? And he turns his back to look, and he bangs into his jetpack. Exactly. That wasn't his instincts. That that, that was, was instinctually how you should perf- how you should react that, to that. That was if you find out Boba Fett's behind you, the best thing to do is to quickly turn around. No, it's not. It's to duck. <laughs> To duck, get down. It, it depends. So it happens to be in this case that was the best thing to do. To turn around. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Changing the subject. Getting back to the ship. Okay. Completed the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. This is true. Which is a, which is not time. It's, it's, it's distance. It is. The parsec is a unit of distance. Yes. So it is a little bit confusing. But there I've actually, read all kinds of things I'll, to try to justify this. I was reading some stuff too, and the stuff I read actually made sense. Like he did it in like he, a less... He took a shorter distance. He took a shorter distance to complete the track. Yeah. That'd be like saying like you did the Daytona 500 in less laps than like somebody 499 else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was like a well-known uh, smuggling run of, again, I think it was Spice. Right. And uh, he was the best at it. No one thought he could do it. And he did it. He did it. Yeah. So I I would be so surprised if that isn't in a Han Solo spinoff. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people think that like that's going to be in it. How he met Chewie's going to be in it. How he got the Millennium Falcon's going to be in it. And a lot of people like don't want that to happen because they don't want I, it I to actually, be like Han Solo. Like Origins. taking away all the mystery. Too, yeah. From, exactly. Like, things you've pictured your whole life. Right. I, I get that. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm just I'm just using that as an example of great piloting skills. Okay. He um also. Fl- Flew through an asteroid field at one point. This is true. Um, so, so it seems to me that the Millennium Falcon is a much more maneuverable ship than the Enterprise. I would agree with you on that. It definitely yeah. is more maneuverable. It's definitely smaller than the Enterprise. Yeah. Another thing I'm going to give you is that it is much faster than the Enterprise. Oh, did you compare like Hyper Star Wars Hyperdrive to? I found this amazing simulation on Slate.com. I'm going to put the link in our show notes. And it simulates a bunch of ships from science fiction pop culture, two of which are the Millennium Falcon and the USS Enterprise. You also have the TARDIS, uh, the Planet Express ship from <laughs> Futurama, uh, the Serenity from Firefly, uh, the Battlestar Galactica ship, the Galactica, and Voyager 1 from NASA. And you can pick distance and see who gets there the fastest. So, for example, the closest star is 4.2 light years from here. Okay. If I hit the simulation, it's gonna go. We're still going, still going. Some of the other ships take a take a little long time to get there. Mm-hmm. Once it's all done, you can see the the final results here. The Millennium Falcon took minutes to get there. The USS Enterprise took days. So I'm going to admit that the Millennium Falcon is much faster than the USS Enterprise. I will I will give that to you. They're also traveling at different types of speed. We really don't know what the comparison is between light speed and warp. Right, but we can assume that it's and I and much... there are degrees of light speed in Star Wars, if I'm correct, right? There might be. Like I think some sure. ships are faster in light speed than others. It's possible. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure about that. Uh, either way, this isn't a race. This is a battle. So this is true. But in case like you were trying to get away, like a chicken, and you just wanted to run away, I don't like think I need to get away. So this this actually would is tough though, because I don't know how like the weapons compare, because I feel like they. I don't know if it's fair if it's possible to compare them. Like, are you? Would you say that the shields on the Enterprise are so strong that the Millennium Falcon couldn't do anything so, to it? I, I did a lot of research on that too, and I really couldn't find anything about like shields between like phasers and protons yeah, and like right. lasers and blasters and those types of things. So I really went for. I wasn't really going to focus on that, but I am going to focus on some other things here. All right, hit me. Okay, hit me what you got? So, the Millennium Falcon. You're only going to be having one person in there. You're not going to have a co-pilot because we're, we're saying this right, is like 1v1, a 1v1, okay. right? So your two gun turrets are not going to be used. <laughs> that is true. Right? So you're not going to be doing that. And well, think, you're not going to be able to work all the things on the Enterprise. So the, the Enterprise c- can run on what's called a skeletal crew, and you have a very, very minimal crew, which could be up to one person because they also have a lot of things built into the ship that can let it run automatically. They have this thing called the M5 Multitronic Unit, which runs the ship specifically during battle situations. So that's going to kick in during this, and it's going to have all the pre-programmed 
uh, simulations and tactics ready to go in case of a fight, which is going to be happening uh, during the Millennium Falcon. All right, counter- counterpoint real quick to go that. Go right ahead, sure. So if Han Solo knew he was going to be solo fighting in the Millennium Falcon... Okay, he did that. Thank you. You're welcome. It, he might realize that it would behoove him to go out and purchase the M5 multi, uh, whatchamacallit, thingamajig. That might be... Uh, and since we have established that they exist in the same universe, right. it may exist for purchase. Possibly. Possibly. So, I mean, maybe maybe Han Solo puts that in the Millennium Falcon. Okay. Too. How's he going to pay for it? He doesn't have any money to pay off Jabba. Well, he does at the end. He gets a big payoff. And then Jabba dies, so he has all that money. So what Han Solo are we talking about? Like between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens? I'm just... Yeah. Okay. So around Han Solo there. in general. So Han Solo in general. That's fine. Okay. So we'll we'll say that maybe he's able to buy it. Yeah, what's it called again? The M5 Multitronic Unit. Multitronic Unit, of Multitronic course. Unit. Yes, that's it right. It has all the tronics. Yes, it does. It does. And it's How ready, many it's do you know? It's ready for battle situations. I have no idea. Five? I don't know. It's just called the M5. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, Maybe I'll buy the M7 Multitronic Unit. If it's out. <laughs> Let me go right ahead. You're even skipping the six. Wow. I think it was called the M7S. Kind of like how Apple did its thing. I think they kind of went. Oh, I won't get that well. then. Yeah, Never sorry. Mind. Yeah, you're not. So you're not going to have it. All right, Hanzo's not going to have it. Well, I'm not getting the S version of uh, it. Okay, fair enough. All right, so this is another tactic that I'm going to plan on using. Okay, so so then also then you're not really going to be able to. Uh, so you, so you have the the M the M5. We'll say you have the M5. Sure. Thanks. Okay. So are the turrets just going to move on their own then? <laughs> like I don't, I don't know, know exactly how the M5 Multitronic unit works. Okay. I'm assuming since it has multitronics, it will have enough tronics to control the turrets and shoot them. What happens if uh, your ship gets attacked and damaged? Just hypothetically, it gets it gets damaged. Are you going to have like a droid on the ship to do any repairs, like an R two? Droids unit? allowed? Like a R two unit? I think it's fair. I would love to have a droid. Perfect. Especially wait, perfect. <laughs> you want to have a droid? Oh, okay, thanks. All right. So since we know that the USS Enterprise has engaged with R two units at some point. Right, but they have seen our two units. Okay, I'm okay. going to suggest that Captain Kirk was able to uh, co-op, not co-op. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Coerce. Co- thank you. Coerce one of these R2 units. Okay, and it's going to be on your ship. Okay, while their battle's going on between Kirk and Han, they're rolling and dodging and shooting everything like that. This R2 unit's going to go onto your ship. You're not going to know that he's not working for you. That he's secretly working for Kirk. Okay. So it's sabotage, eh? It's sabotage. And what I'm going to have him do, okay, and this actually happens in Star Trek, I'm going to have him – don't look at my notes here. I don't know why I put them up there. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to have R2 set the shield frequencies to the exact same frequency as the USS Enterprise lasers. So that way they're able to go straight through it and directly hit the Millennium Falcon. Which happens in Star Trek. So I'm, I'm making the generalization now that the shields are just kind of like the same, and the pro and the, mm. and the blasters are kind of the same as well. So he's going to put yours your shields at the same frequency that the frequency of the uh, blasters coming off of the USS Enterprise are. So that way, when they hit each other, they'll negate each other and they just go straight through. That's a great plan. It's going to be mean, creating damage. You're, gonna you're not even going to know that R2 is working for me. You're going to be like, why are my shield's frequencies changing right now? I have no idea. And R2 is going to be there screwing you over. Well, that's a great plan if you can pull it off. I mean, I think it could happen. You'd have to sneak a droid onto someone who'd be, like, notoriously suspicious of, like, things being a smuggler. I don't think so, because, like, the Millennium Falcon is almost always just parked somewhere with the ramp down. Anybody could just that's, walk on it. That's only um, for uh, scenes where Han Solo is going to be walking on it soon. Jakku? The ramp was down? Yes, the ramp was just down. Ray and Finn well, got Han on Solo there. didn't park it there. Someone else was dumb. Han Solo locks it. No, he, he does a little beep-beep. nuh Death Star, it was open. On... Um, What's it called? The uh, all right. It seems like when he parks it like somewhere, you know, when they were on Octo, not Octo. Um, what's that? Takanda, which is in the Force Awakens, the 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 forest planet. He left it down while they went into so Maskinata's castle. When he when he goes to a new place, he'll leave it down in case he needs to make a quick getaway. So you're so is he if he but if he makes a quick getaway he when he's it, fighting Kirk, is he is he not going to have it ready to go just in case? Kind of like having the engine running. I don't know. If he parks it in his garage, I mean, he probably locks it. That'd it's be not crazy in his garage. Not I don't think this is just parked in his garage. Why wouldn't he park it in his garage? Wait, are we establishing that we're fighting in Han Solo's house now? <laughs> and he parked well, the money Falcon in his garage? How are we both going to have quick access to our ships? 
the USS Enterprise has been down on Earth before. That's where it was built in the reboot series, so it is possible for it to be down on Earth. Mm-hmm. And also it has like gone underwater also. So it is possible for the USS Enterprise to be down on Earth. Okay. Or on a planet, excuse me. I shouldn't yeah. say Earth. Down on a planet. Yeah, yeah. So there's no problem for Kirk to get on it and get up to the bridge and fly away. I mean, yeah, it looks silly just parked on a planet, but it is All right, possible. Fair point. Yeah. So but I think the ramp is going to be down. Let's say the ramp's down because Han Solo never locks his Millennium Falcon. Okay. That's probably how he lost it before episode I'll even, seven. I'll even argue what would happen if the ramp was up. What would happen? R2, the R2 unit could use, use its um, jetpack thing, whatever you want to call it, its rockets that they have for some reason, and they could magnetize themselves to the ship. Han Solo's not really going to notice that there's an R2 unit on the roof of his ship. He's just going to get on it and fly away. So the R2 unit could still be there and still hack into the Millennium Falcon and change the shield frequencies. Okay. If if you're able to do that, yeah. you still have to be able to hit it okay. to go through the shields. Okay. So you're 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 still fighting an ace pilot in a highly maneuverable ship. Okay. And you're gonna have to hit it to go through its lasers that you sabotage. I don't think that's gonna be any problem. Well, I've already given you one example of how Hansel is a great pilot. Yeah. Kelso on twelve parsecs. Right. There's there's another example from episode seven mm-hmm. that shows his great piloting skills. And also it shows when he crash landed on the st- when he crash landed on the Starkiller base. Yes. That, that's great piloting Because of what he had to do. He had to stay in hyperdrive mm-hmm. through the atmosphere of the planet to get mm-hmm. through the shield. Okay. So, like, you're going faster than the speed of light into a planet's atmosphere. You should just blow up. You should just crash into the planet at, the, at light speed and blow up. Right. He didn't. He was able to stop. A crash landing in that scenario is amazing. Okay. Like, no one told him the odds because they know how he feels about odds. But, like, they were very low. Is that a great pilot or a great, like, crasher? Because he, I mean, it's, he like he, he mowed sometimes down. Sometimes a, a crash landing is the best you can do. I mean, do we say Captain Sully when he landed on oh, the Hudson? He can't, he can't is, bring that up. <laughs> he's a great pilot. He saved he saved everyone's I would lives. Agree. He is a great pilot. That is a good argument. I do respect that. So that that that's why we're going to be li- flying literal circles around the Enterprise. Enterprise is going to just be firing its uh, pro- torpedoes. Can it only torpedoes? shoot forwards? I've only seen it shoot forwards. No, it can shoot from the sides also. Yeah. All right. Well, you still have to hit us. We're like a little, you know, flying around you too fast. Okay, might be flying around me too fast. <laughs> Possibly, right? So, so then, how are you going to be shooting me? Well, my my turrets can like move and shoot like from this from the top and bottom because so of what? this M five thing. Yeah, the multi tran the multi um the multitronic 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 unit. Yeah. Okay. Or or just maybe remember. maybe he'll just tape down the button and he'll have to fly it into you. <laughs> he's going to gonna tape. Wait, so what button is he taping down? The shoot button on the lasers. The shoot button on the lasers, and he's just going to fly around. He'd probably use on. a rope because tape wouldn't be strong enough. He'd tie it. Also, remember in the Force Awakens when Ray was flying the Millennium Falcon on Jakku, she goes, "This is not so easy without a co-pilot." I remember. You're not that. even going to have a co-pilot too to help. But you Han's out. been flying it for years. He has. He's going to have no trouble with that. I, I don't know. He's going to be able to just to reach across. She couldn't reach across to try to hit the certain. Like, she knew what buttons she had to hit. She just could not, like, physically reach across the the uh, cockpit to hit the necessary buttons because she didn't have a co Hans, Hans had way more practice. He's going to be flying the scene asleep. <laughs> okay. He won't literally be asleep. I'm not saying that. And he, he taped down all the shoot buttons, so it's flying around, <laughs> randomly shooting lasers. So just randomly shooting lasers now. He's not even targeting anything. I guess we should lock them in position so he knows where they're shooting. Okay. Like, kind of on an angle forward. So he okay. can, like, kind of, we can kind of encircle your ship. Okay. Fly around it in a circle. How are you going to get through my shields? Assuming that, like, shields and blasters. I don't really know. I'm just going to keep shooting them. They can't last forever. All right, then I'm just going to use my frequency just to, I'm going to hit you eventually under, with, with that <laughs> well, logic. Well, then it's... That it's, uh, hit you eventually. it's a battle of attrition at that point. <laughs> so I'm also going to argue one last thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, I might have to use a tactic, which is called the Picard Maneuver, which is named after Sir Jean-Luc Picard. Now you're probably saying, Steve, Jean-Luc Picard is the next generation. Captain Kirk is the original you, series. You read my mind. Right. How is how's this, how's this going to work, right? So the Picard Maneuver is a maneuver that happened in 2355, which was before Captain Kirk died, okay? It's this maneuver that Jean-Luc Picard did when he was fighting an enemy ship. So before I tell you what it was, though, it's extremely plausible and most likely that Captain Kirk would get wind of this awesome maneuver that happened and this extremely successful maneuver as well and think to himself, hey, 
I should use that sometime if I need to use it. Because if since it works so well, they're going to be telling all the Starfleet officers, hey, if you're ever in a bad situation, do this, do this, do this. It definitely works. So what the Picard Maneuver is, is when you are fighting an enemy ship, what you can do is you go to warp towards the enemy ship, okay? And as you go to warp and you start moving towards them, you're quickly going to drop out of warp. And in that split period of time, very short period of time, on their sensors, they're going to see two ships. They're not going to know which ship is which. They're going to see the first ship from where you were at first before you jump to warp. So they're going to start shooting all of their lasers towards that ship. But in reality, nothing's there because you've gone to warp. Then you've come out of warp. You're right in front of the ship. And then you can start shooting. So that's what my plan's going to be. I'm going to use the Picard maneuver. I'm going to go to warp, go straight towards the Millennium Falcon, jump out of warp right away. Your turrets are just going to be taped down, shooting to where you think that USS Enterprise is. I'm going to be right in front of you. Your shields are going to be matched to the frequency of my blasters, and I'm going to be taking down the Millennium Falcon. The Picard maneuver, right? Yeah, the Picard maneuver. I didn't think you'd pull that out. I did. That's a gutsy move. It is a very gutsy move. If it pays off. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Who knows? I have one more feat of greatness from from, uh, General Solo here. Go right ahead. So uh, this just shows his, like, tactical ability. Yeah. Um, uh, At the Battle of Endor, he led the Pathfinders unit to destroy the shield generator. Oh, you mean the time when he tapped on the shoulder of a scout trooper to get him distracted? Yeah, and it worked perfectly, right? (laughs) He did the classic, tap you on the other shoulder, I'm going to run the other way, and the scout trooper says, hey, and chases him. He knows what works. I mean, uh, (laughs) the stormtroopers are clearly um, inbred and poorly trained at this point. And if I recall also, they took them into the shield generator. Han Solo led them into the shield generator, and they all got caught. Wait, it was a trap, but if you recall, it was a double trap. I don't think you said it the way it should be said. It's a trap. I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I just don't have a good Akbar impression. That's fine. It's a trap. <laughs> but he got—they got caught. Well, what yes, kind of leader is that? They got caught. Yes, but they also got out of it. So maybe he knew that would happen. It was a double trap. So really. he—so he planned. It was, he said, "If you think about it, I know that we're going to get out of this." If you think about it, that's more of an Indiana Jones thing than like a Han Solo. If you thing. think about it, it was a lot like the Picard maneuver, flying headfirst into danger, okay. where. Certainly, bad things can happen, mm-hmm. which is what he did by running in. Okay, but he that's got, what he planned all along. Because, but he got caught. Wait, he got caught temporarily. The USS Enterprise isn't going to get caught when it's coming out of warp. It, what if it might? No, because your weapons are going to be facing the wrong way. Because you're well, not my weapons are is. facing random directions. So good luck. Doug. No, you said they were pointed forward. You <laughs> said right. they were pointed forward on an angle. They're pointed mostly forwards. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, we're not really controlling where we're shooting. So like the fact that you you're in two spots doesn't really matter to us. I feel like if you turn the ship, that would just cause like the turrets to just turn. Well, also. we we locked them in position. Oh, okay. we like put on the little button that locks it. Yeah, gotcha. it's like a like a, a lever. Pull. Yeah, like a lever lever you pull. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So so that just makes him a good a good leader, right there. Yeah, yeah. He he. Yeah, things just worked out for him, so he'll be all right. He, he I mean, he pretty much led the battle at the Pit of Carcoon too. Which not, not really. Wait, are you talking about the Boba Fett thing yeah, again? Yeah, He had just been frozen. It's going to take a while. If he's the Han Solo that we all know and love. And he said, I'm getting better, instead of us seeing a big light blur, or I see a deep, uh, a big dark blur, something like along those lines. He was getting better. He said he was he was getting there. He was fine. And Lando Calrissian said, hey, I thought you were blind. He goes, no, I'm a lot better now. I'm fine. So he was he was admitting right there. He was he was all there. He was ready to go. Yeah, what are you, what are you trying to say? What's the point you're trying to make? That he, he was fully functional at the pit of Carcoon, and he really wasn't doing a great, great Wait, job. Wait, are you saying he was faking, like, not being able to see? No, I'm not saying he was faking that. I'm saying that he was fine. At, you you said that he was, that he was, um... He was just that he was just out of... He was moving a little slow. Right. No, he, he said he was fine. He admitted. He goes, I'm a That's lot better. That's just a tough guy thing to say. That's Han Solo. That's Han Solo. Yeah, being a tough guy, not admitting that, you know, he was blind and cold and probably to pee really bad. Yeah, I guess he did. Like... Like probably really bad. Yeah. Real Did you ever bad. hear the theory that Indiana Jones is what's going on inside Han Solo's head while he's frozen in carbonite? <laughs> yeah, I have heard that. <laughs> Which would be awesome if that was if that was true. But uh so yeah. Any other things you want to add? 
I have a couple fun facts. I'm not sure if you have any fun facts regarding Han Solo. Um, or... I actually don't because I spent so much time. Well, I was going to read the uh, description from the Wikipedia about Han and Greedo as of my fun fact. But I spent so much time watching uh, William Shatner on YouTube. I didn't have any facts. That's fine. Uh, some fun facts, though, I have. Lloyd Bridges uh, was originally sought after to play um, Captain Kirk. Lloyd Bridges is Jeff Bridges' father. Oh. And uh, I know him from Seinfeld. He was on one of the episodes. He was the Mantle Bomb character, one of these old guys that Jerry gets into like an argument argument with. Uh, and also Jack Lord was also um, sought after to play the role. He was known as for playing Felix Leiter in the James Bond film Dr. No. Oh, okay. Uh, additionally, his original names were going to be either Robert April or Christopher Pike, both of which are characters that ended up being on Star Trek as well. That's interesting. Yep. I think they chose right, chose a good name. I think so, too. I like, I like the name James Kirk. Uh, James comes from his mother's father's name. His name was James, and Tiberius was his father's father's name. So that's where you get the James T. Tiberius Kirk from. Mm-hmm. And just a little bit about... Those are great facts. Do you know uh, who auditioned for the role of Han Solo? Uh, was it Harrison Ford? Actually, it was not originally Harrison Ford. Kurt Russell auditioned for uh, Han Solo originally, and um, George Lucas needed somebody to come in and just do some lines with the people who were trying out for Luke and Leia and he had worked with Harrison Ford during American Graffiti which came out uh, years before that I'm not sure exactly what year Um, and the chemistry between Harrison and Carrie and Harrison and Mark was just so great that that George Lucas said hey you should just be Han Solo great call Lucas yeah it really was a great call I feel like Harrison Ford has chemistry with like everybody yeah I feel like you can't not like Harrison Ford Unless he, like, crashes into your airplane or something. Because he's had a tendency to do that a lot lately. He almost, he almost hit an airplane. Did you hear that recently? Yeah, because he landed at an airport and was landing on a taxiway instead of a <laughs> runway. And he flew over, like, a taxiing plane. Yeah. Yeah. So I did read, though, that that airport has a really dumb layout. And it actually is pretty easy to confuse the taxiways with the runway. See, I could totally see that if he didn't crash his airplane in a golf course like two years there ago. There was also that, right? He so, maybe shouldn't be flying as much. That's as what I'm saying. Flying. So, like, if that didn't happen, I'd be like, all right, I could see how he made a mistake. But he has had an unfortunate uh, repetition. The, um, the plane he crashed on the golf course was, like, an older plane, like a vintage, like, classic plane, I right. guess. So I think he had mechanical problems with that. That's a shame. Yeah, I don't know if he uh, – I don't know what other planes he has. I'm sure he has a ton. If he wants, I'm sure he can. He's making tons of money doing everything he's doing. He's going to be in uh, the next Indiana Jones, right? He's going to be in the next Indiana Jones. He's going to be in the next Blade Runner movie, which comes out this fall. He's probably trying to be killed off in all of them, too. Uh, yeah, But he loves playing Indiana Jones, though. Oh, he does? Like, he said, like... Oh, good. Like, if if you were to give him an option... Say The Force Awakens didn't come out, right? And Kingdom of the Crystal Skull had just come out, and they said, what would you rather do, Indiana Jones 5 or Star Wars 7? He would have said Indiana Jones 5. Like, he hates playing Han Solo. And that's why he was just so glad to, Hmm. unfortunately, get rid of the character. So, yeah, that's what we're looking at. Anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap this up? Uh, No, I don't have anything, Steve. Awesome. Well, thanks uh, Thanks for being here. Well, I shouldn't have to thank you for being here anymore, because you're always going to be here, it seems, (laughs) unless I have another guest on the show but thanks for uh, matching this up good fight good fight the best captain slash general win oh I have to do some research to see if if uh, Shatner was ever a general general Kirk <laughs> I don't think so doesn't sound good yeah this is also another fun fact real quick in the town that he's born there is a little plaque that says future birthplace of James Tiberius <laughs> Kirk right there that's a nice. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a, nice a big. It's a big. Uh, I wonder if that's a big tourist draw in Iowa. I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm absolutely sure it is. So as always, remember that there's going to be a Twitter poll that you can vote on whether you thought that Han Solo would win or if Captain Kirk would win. Please remember to take in all the arguments into account, both the things that Chris and I talked about being on the planet or being off the, in space uh, with the ships, things like that. I'll put a link in our show notes to that slates that slate simulator that shows you the different ships and how fast they're going. I actually was like testing it for a while because there's even 
other ones too and it takes like years for some of the ships to get there like the Millennium Falcon I think at the most it takes like a month to get there or something whereas like the Enterprise it takes years to, hmm. to get to as well poor Voyager probably never gets there oh yeah it's just taking forever yeah so um also to recap what's the shark movie uh, I'm watching so you are going to watch Day of the Dolphin. Day of the Dolphin. That's right. Sorry. So you had if, the shark movie. If any of our listeners want to watch Day of the Dolphin, we'll probably talk about it ne- either next podcast or the one after. Uh, yeah, probably either the one that or the one after. What we could do also is we could do like a live tweet while we're uh, oh, yeah, watching Day of the great. Dolphin. Yeah, that we'll way, do that. Uh, if anyone wants to watch it with us, maybe we can find a way to let people know where where if yeah, it's we'll on YouTube pick, or we'll something. Pick a time and yeah, see we'll, if we say, can we'll find we'll, somewhere to watch. It. Exactly. So keep your eye out. I'll post it on Twitter, uh, Instagram also, Facebook, just so that way people know what's going on. Sounds great, Steve. Awesome. As always, please subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Ah! (laughs) You shot last. (laughs) Bye-bye. Did you shoot Greedo first, or did Greedo shoot you first? Um, I don't care. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by their respective copyright holders.